It, is, it has been a privilege for Deidre and I to be here uh, with you, and uh, we have come to love you. We want to visit your church. We want to come to your church, worship with you on a Sunday morning. Uh, Paul and Kate, you have done a great work here. You have uh, built a wonderful fellowship, which we experience, and we just thank uh, all of you for being so gracious and uh, friendly to us. Uh, in fact, the more I, I think about it, uh, the, the subject that I'm, I'm speaking on, partnership in the gospel, is less a description of, of the direction you should move than a, uh, a really an affirmation of what you already are. And so I, I, I have really found, Deidre and I, that uh, you, you are a body of Christ that I, I think the Apostle Paul would say, uh, not perfect, but uh, a wonderful, wonderful uh, body of Christ that uh, he would be, that he would brag on, that he would brag to other people for what has, uh, what's happened here, here at Crossways. So it is uh, a real joy Deidre and I have had, and we'll never forget you, and uh, it is a, a pleasure. So, okay, uh, I, I, I want to focus again on Partners in the Gospel in a different way than I did in the first message. Uh, because, here's why, in the book of Philippians, I don't know if you've noticed this, but the Apostle Paul begins and ends the book with an affirmation of partnership in the gospel. It's like bookends. He has two bookends, one at the beginning and one at the end. And, and, and he, he emphasizes to this church, this good church, not perfect church, but a very a great church, a great church, a church that has been uh, loyal to him throughout his whole ministry in every way you can think of. He has uh, been so thankful for this church. And he opens and closes with an affirmation of their partnership in the gospel to him, to God, and, and to each other. You know why mountain climbers rope each other together? You know why they rope themselves together? Because, uh, sure, because uh, if, they fall, if they fall in a crevasse or something, they have the others to hold them up and pull them out. And that's exactly what partnership with the gospel is. We rope ourselves together. We rope ourselves together so that when things go wrong in our life, as they will, we have a group that uh, uh, loves us and cares enough for us that they will help us pull us out of the crevasse. And, and, and we, too, have that responsibility. And, and we're partners together. They, that's the way it is in the church. We rope ourselves together to climb the mountains that God gives us as a church. It is pretty amazing that of all the churches in the New Testament, uh, of all the churches Paul started, this is the only one he called partners in the gospel. I mean, this is the only church. There were people that he called partners in the gospel, but this is the only church. And so uh, let's look again at those bookends, the beginning and the end, where Paul brackets everything he says in Philippians. He brackets everything with an affirmation of partnership in the gospel. In chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, here's what he says. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. So that's how he begins. He begins by saying, man, I, I, I'm so thankful for you guys. 
You know, when I needed you, you're there. You know, from the first day all the way to the present day, you never quit. You never stopped supporting me. You never stopped loving me. You, 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 you always uh, encouraged me. You always uh, gave me uh, money so I could fund my ministry. I'm very thankful for you. Every time I think of you, I give thanks. And then go to chapter 4. In chapter 4, verses 14 through 19, this is from the Revised Standard Version because I think that puts it the most clear. Uh, in, in verse, beginning at verse 14, chapter 4, as he closes the book, he says, It was kind of you to share my trouble. That's partnership. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent me help once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit, which increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am filled, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. And so... He, he, he begins and ends because partnership in the gospel was such a great value that Paul honored. You know, he, 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 he loved those partners in the gospel. He appreciated them. And it was actually crucial to his effectiveness as a missionary. Uh, Wade is a missionary. Wade and his wife. I forget Wade's wife's name. Helen. Helen. That's right. Helen. Helen. Wade and Helen, they, they, they go to southern China, and, and, and you support them. And if you didn't support them, they'd starve to death, you know. <laughs> but you support them, and, and they know you pray for them, and, and, and they need that. You know, you make it possible. Your, your funds, your encouragement, make it possible for Wade and Helen. And, and that's the way it was for Paul. And he knew he could depend upon this uh, church at Philippi. They were partners with him. And so uh, I, 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 I really uh, applaud what, what Paul and Kate and the elders and the staff here have built. You, you are partners in the gospel. Partnership is tough. There's no doubt about it. Sometimes it's wonderful. It's wonderful and it's a blessing. But there are times when partnership can, can uh, be tough. And it's not an accident. It's never an accident. It doesn't happen by accident in churches. Most churches don't operate at that level. You know, I, I, I don't know if you know that, but you know, every church will have some partners in the gospel, but it's rare for a church to have a large body of people in the church that really operate at the level of partnership, at real partnership. It was, it was unusual in the New Testament times, and it's unusual today. So, you know, you need to be aware that what you have here is something precious, something incredibly valuable, something that God uses and, and, and he's pleased with. Partnership in the gospel requires equal sharing in the costs and the rewards, in the victories and also in the defeats, in the profits and losses, in season and out of season. So in this last message, I I want to give six characteristics that I think uh, embody what it means to be a church here at Crossway as partners in the gospel. Here's what 
I, I, I see in you and what I want to affirm in you and what I, 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 want to, I, I hope that you keep progressing in, in being partners in the gospel in, in these six different ways. First one, you know, partners are a team. It's a team. Partnership is a team sport. Like a healthy marriage. Healthy marriages are built by, you know, team working partners. Partners that are in, in, in it together. Uh, a a well-oiled business requires, you know, partners that are in it together, that, that are equal contributors in healthy churches. Healthy churches need a whole group of people who are in it together. And I, I think someone here said uh, that they hope they could live together for life. And, and that, you know, I know people move a lot and they, they that by their jobs and other things, that's okay. You know, and, and, and we, we, that hurts us when they move away or we have to move away. But uh, to still keep that bond and, and to have that fellowship, members in a church welcome together. Superstars don't always make good partners. You know, superstars don't make good partners. Self-centered people. Don't make good, good partners. People who think it's all about them and that they have to be the center of everything. Don't make good partners. Partners recognize their need for other people. That, that uh, they need others to, to uh, achieve common goals. That they share the pain. I, I've appreciated our small group times here. And, and in our little small group, some, uh, some very deep things were shared that would have been embarrassing, would have been impossible to share with strangers. But because there was trust, because there was a sense of uh, we love one another, we want to help one another, you know, things, things were shared. One of the words that partners in the gospel often use is together, together. Because that's, that's what partners are. And teams have a lot more fun, too, by the way. Working as a team. You know, it, when you're a team, you can make a mistake and laugh about it. You know, you really can. You can, make, you can fail in some way and you can laugh about it. You can, you, two or, you know, two, a few people who are committed together can, can laugh about a mistake. My associate pastor and I uh, were going to a ministry conference just uh, 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 less than a year ago. In Las Vegas. I mean, it really was a minister's conference, too. <laughs> so, so we were going to Las Vegas. And we were on the 210. And we were, we were supposed to turn north on the I-15. But uh, I was starting to get a little drowsy. We don't talk politics in our church, you know, from the pulpit or anything like that. We don't do that. But I was getting a little drowsy. And so Ab, uh, Ab Castle, uh, one of my dear friends, he's been on staff for 25 years with me. And, and, and he's a dyed-in-wool Republican. I'm a dyed-in-wool Democrat. He brought up politics. So we started talking about politics and going back and forth and back and forth. Before you knew it, we had driven one hour past the I-15. <laughs> so I, I told him, we can't talk about politics anymore. <laughs> anymore. But we laughed about it. If you were by yourself, you'd say, oh, doggone it. Why did I do that? You know, but together, you know, you can laugh about things. And that's the way it is with a, with a team. One of the things that's kept me in ministry for 47 years, 37 years at the same church, 
one of the things that's kept me there for 37 years at Diamond Canyon has been the, the teams, the staff team, the elders team, the Bible study team, all of those teams where people, you know, were with me, that we were together. We were in this together. We were all, you know, trying to be God's church. We were all trying to live out the Christian life together. And uh, the, the people who were with me in success, people who were with me in fel- failures and sadness, people who celebrated together when there were things to celebrate, and people who wept together when there were things that, uh, that they cried about. Paul valued the Philippian church. They were his team. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you, you only. You know, looking back at the Apostle Paul in our day, it would be easy for us to judge him as a superstar. You know, we see all that he accomplished and wow, what a superstar. But that's not the way Paul saw himself. He didn't see himself as a superstar. And, and, the, and the people in the churches at that time did not see Paul as a superstar. It, 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 Paul was always a, a, a team. In the book of Acts, you know, wherever Paul went, it was with the team. It was with, uh, you know, Barnabas or Silas. It was with Timothy. Paul was always uh, pointing out the, uh, uh, the good in other people. He, he was always shining the spotlight on Timothy or Titus, Aquila, Priscilla, Barnabas, Silas, Onesimus, Sosthenes, Epaphroditus, or some church here or some church there. Every mission trip Paul took and every relationship, you see this evidence of a team spirit. And that's what it takes. You know, that's what it takes. And, 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 and I, I see that in, in this church. One of the uh, uh, phrases I read from, uh, from, from chapter 4, Paul says, It was kind of you to share my trouble. That's when you know you have good partners. That's when you know you have a good team. When things are going bad for you, but they stick with you. You know, when, 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 when you're feeling like, is there anyone who trusts me? Is there anyone who believes in me? Is there anyone who helped me? And you have people come. You know, it was kind of you to share my trouble. That's a team. And so uh, every one of you will go through some trouble in life. You know, and, and you know that. And, and you've gone through trouble in the past. Some of you right now would, would have to say, uh, you know what? I, I have some very distressing circumstances in my life right now. Uh, but, uh, but if not, you will. You will. You, you will. You know, we will all have some kind of trouble. That's all of us. We will all, ha- all have some kind of distressing. That's life. You know, that's life, right? And woe to the person who is alone when you go through trouble. But if you have partners, if you have partners, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. If you have the, that team uh, 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 of partners. Well, okay. Secondly, uh, not only are partners a team, partners share the cost. And there's always a cost. There's always a cost. There is no biblical partnership without an investment of money. You know, I'm talking about money. And, 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 and Paul's very clear of that. 
He says, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving, except you only. And then he talks about the gift. He's talking about the support that the Philippian church gave to him. And I know uh, Wade and Helen, uh, you know, you, you can't go on the mission field unless there's a church behind you who is helping you uh, uh, pay the way. There's always a cost in, in, uh, in, in partnership. You can't be a real partner in anything without it costing you significantly financially. Marriage, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost. You know, marriage with two people, paying, paying the rent or paying the mortgage, buying the food, there's a cost to it. And you know that. Raising children, you know, there's a, there's a cost to that. I, I hate to say it in some ways, but money is how things get done in this world. You know, it takes money. It takes, it takes Christians who are committed at that level. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about our church. It's different than your church, but uh, the people, I would say, are so much alike. Deidre and I feel so much at home here. It's not funny. You know, but uh, uh, we, we were located in Roland Heights, and we were going to relocate to Diamond Bar, which is right next door. And we were on a dead-end street a private road, and we were uh, uh, buying this property that was right on the fi- overlooking the 57 freeway with a freeway exit. We bought that property at $11 a square foot. Back then, that was a lot, you know, a lot per square foot we had to buy it. It was zoned commercial. And, and not only that, in order to buy it and know we could build a church on it, we had to, uh, we bought it with an option to buy, and we paid, uh, 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 $15,000 a month just to keep the option open for about 10 months. And uh, then we bought the land, just raw land. And then we had to put in, you know, parking lots and electricity and, and water. We had to buy three fire hydrants. Can you guess how much it costs to build a fire, to put a fire hydrant in? One fire hydrant costs $40,000. That's what we had to build. That's just because it's the underground steel high capacity pipes that get there, you know. And and, and so how's that happen? We had no agency that pumped in money to us. You know how it happened? It was all the people. Everybody sacrificed. Everybody sacrificed because everybody knew that uh, this is what our church should do. This is what God wanted us to do. And Deidre and I sacrificed. And the whole church sacrificed. There, there's always a, there's always a cost. Faithful Christians are, 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 are paid on their job. And when they tithe or give whatever they give sacrificially, they become partners with those whom they support. You know, they, they make, it, make it possible. So, so there's, there's always a cost. And, and, and you have to realize that. Okay, here's the third thing. Partners share the years. Partnership takes time, really, to develop. You don't become a partner overnight. Partners take time to develop. Partnerships take years to fully develop. In a church, in a marriage, in friendships, real partnerships grow over time. Uh, I, I was talking to a family up here who, who was telling me that uh, their first year of marriage was rocky. That's normal. You know, that's often normal. That, that's often the way it is. Not always, not always. But uh, my guess is, the, if you've been married a long time, Deidre and I have been married 47 years. 
we, we, we've been married uh, 45 good ones. <laughs> you know, 45 good years out of... You're going to have some rocky times. You know, that's, that's just the way it is. But Paul tells the Corinthians, the, excuse me, the Philippians, you know, from the first day until now. And then in the second, uh, at chapter 4, he says, from the time I left Macedonia and, at, at, to the present time. And over the span of time, partnership develops. And yeah, there's some rough times, son. You know, there, there's, some, there's some hard times. That's okay. That's okay. Because there's going to be more good times. But partners hang in there, you know, and it, and it takes, takes time to develop. Partnerships in marriages take time. It's a commitment for life. In chapter 5 of, uh, of, of Ephesians, where the Apostle Paul has, has a, a passage on marriage that he, he is often read at weddings, uh, verse 21, 521, is sort of like the heading of the passage on marriage. And here's what he says. He says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. He tells both the husband and wife, submit to one another, serve one another. You know, lower yourself and, and, and lift up the other. You know, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Serving each other over a lifetime. That's how it's done in the church, too. Uh, I was talking to Paul uh, Kim the other day about his position here at the church, you know. And, 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 and Paul was bragging on all the good work he does here, you know. <laughs> and, and he was saying the church should pay him more for salary. Because <laughs> he, 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 here's why. He said that there are other organizations that were after him. And so I, I thought, whoa, there's some of these executive uh, corporate headhunters that are searching out, you know, good leadership. And, and they were going to get Paul. So I thought, well, maybe I better talk to the elders here. And, you know, they, they, they should give uh, Paul a, a, a raise. So, so I, I, I asked Paul, Paul, what, what organizations are after you? He said, well, the gas company, the electric company, the water company. <laughs> I, you know, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I can tell you this. I, I am confident that Paul has had opportunities to go elsewhere. I just know he has, but he hasn't. He stayed here. You know, I, I, I'm confident he's had opportunities to go elsewhere, but he stayed with you because that's what partners do. That's what partners do. And you know what? I know you have had opportunities to go elsewhere too, but you stayed here because that's what partners do. They don't expect perfection in the church. They don't expect everyone to agree with them. You know, they, they, they give other people freedom to have, you know, think differently a little bit. But they stick. They stick together. Because that's what, that's what partners do. It takes time. It takes time. But uh, partnerships develop when people stick together over the long haul. And that's, uh, that, that, that's what's one of the things that's made this church a healthy church. Well, partners also share the work. Partnerships always require work for everybody. Everybody has to do something. Now, I, I, I think it was Taco or who, who had mentioned sometime, I think we, we got back there in our prayer time, and, and Taco said something that maybe some people could help uh, pack things up, like all this music stuff, right? And, and, I, and, and I don't know what else has to be done, but I'm sure there's lots of things. And, and uh, Taco didn't want to do it all by himself. You know, and, you know, we have benefited, right? That's kind of the way partners are, is 
Okay, we'll help. We're there. We'll help. We, we don't want to just look at people doing the work. We'll do the work, too. And it, it always takes work. Volunteers. Uh, many of you are volunteers. You aren't paid. And you work at a high level. And the fact is, I know some of you, even uh, we'd have to say, work at the unpaid staff level. You work as much as a staff person. You take responsibility as much as a staff person, but you're still a volunteer. You aren't paid, but you just do it out of love for the Lord and love for this body, and, and, and you serve. Well, partners always uh, work. They, they always recognize that uh, even though work can be frustrating, ministry can be frustrating, uh, it can be tiring, but that's the way it is, and they, they accept that, and they're in there, and, and, and they work together in partnerships. In the gospel is what builds healthy and happy churches because they work together. Well, here's a here's a fifth thing. Partners share the risk, and there is a risk in partnerships. Many attorneys will tell you to uh, uh, do not go into a strict partnership because it's so risky. Because if one of the partners mess up, you are going to uh, bear the cost. And so partnerships can be risky. But you know what? There, there also is a, a benefit of security in partnerships. There's a security in having people say, I don't care what comes. I'm going to stick with you and see it through. Think about marriage. Think about the commitments we make in marriage. We make a commitment to another person that will be there in sickness and in health. And, and the phrase in sickness doesn't mean, uh, oh, honey, if you get a cold or the flu, I'm going to I'll be there for you. It means, honey, if if you ever become paralyzed. If you get cancer, if you have a stroke, if you lose your memory. I'm not quitting. I'm going to be there for you. Or we make a commitment for richer or poorer. And we hope it's richer. But not always the case. It doesn't mean, you know, honey, uh, we're, we're going to have to wait till next year to buy a new car. No. It means that, honey, I, I'm going to be there with you if the electricity is turned off. If we have to move to a little apartment. If one of us is laid off from a job. If we lose our home. I'll be there. No matter what, I'll be there for better or worse. And we always hope it's for better. And it usually is. But sometimes, sometimes one of the partners messes up big time. Sometimes they make a bad career decision or they disappoint in a, in a major way. And, and when we commit marriage, we're saying, I'll be there for you even then. I'll be there together. Won't like it. But I'll be there. I'm not quitting. You know, count on me. You know, those are risks. Those are risks that genuine partners make in marriage. And that's the way it is in the church, too. Partnership in the church means sticking together when you don't get your way. It means loving and living in respectful unity with people you differ with. They don't have to think just like you. It's, it means not being judgmental, you know. It means giving others some slack, grace, 
That's what it means. Giving one another grace. Partnership in the church. Every young pastor hopes when they go into ministry that they're going to be, they're going to be part of a church that, that operates at the level of partnership in the gospel. And, and sadly, it doesn't, doesn't always happen. But it happened in Philippi. You know, it, it, it wasn't present when I first went to Diamond Canyon. But over the years, you know, we developed a partnership in the gospel. And, and, and you, you, have, you have it here. You have it here. You know, don't, don't think that uh, uh, it, it, it developed by accident. You know, people worked at it. People set that as a goal, that kind of a church. Even the goal you chose for this retreat, you know, to love one another as God loves us. That's a partnership goal. You know, to love one another as God loves us. He never quits on us. You know, God takes the risk of our lives. He knows we're going to fail. He knows we're going to blow it. But God does not give up on us. And to love one another as God loves us, that's a partnership. That's a partnership commitment. Well, one, one more. Uh, this is a great one. Partners get to share all the benefits of a partnership. And I'll, I'll just walk through some of the benefits. Because, yes, partners share the risk. Partners share the cost. Partners share the work. But they get to share the benefits. And there's lots of benefits. These are just a few of them. One, there's a lot more joy in churches where there's partnership. Did you, have you noticed when you read the book of Philippians that the word joy or rejoice is used a lot? It's used 16 times. In a short little book of only four little chapters, the word joy or rejoice is used 16 times. Obviously, this church brought a lot of happiness to the Apostle Paul, and this church experienced a lot of happiness. They had a lot of joy. They had a, a lot of good times. Not every day. Not every day was a happy day, but this church was a happy church. They had a lot of laughter. They had a lot of good times. They had parties and celebrations and dinners and baby and wedding showers and hugs and encouragements and deep conversations. They had joy together. They had happiness. And, and in churches where there's partnership, there's a lot of happiness. A lot more happiness. And here's another benefit. There's a lot more love. A lot more love than in the average church. In verse 7, Paul says of chapter 1, I have you in my heart. In verse 8, he says, God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. In churches where there's a partnership, one of the benefits is there's just a lot more love. There's a lot more caring. Just a, a lot more uh, uh, entering into each other's uh, life and rejoicing and, and with the victories and, and just a lot more love and weeping when there's things to weep. Every human being hungers for love. Every human being hungers. It's one of our deepest needs is to be loved, even though we're imperfect. We want people to know us and all of our flaws and still love us. You know where you find that? You find that in a church. You find that in a good church. You find that in a church where there's partnership, where we don't expect you to be perfect. You know, we, we, we don't expect that. We give you grace. But we love you. We love you. And, and, and uh, didn't Jesus say, they will know you are my disciples by the love you have one for another. You know, that's, that's the kind of church.
And it's churches where there's partnership in the gospel where that love happens. That's one of the benefits. Here's another benefit. Harmony. Harmony. Uh, uh, there's a lot of church splits that should never happen. You know, never happen. Should never happen. Many of the churches we see in the New Testament had problems. People didn't get along. Challenges were made to Paul's leadership. Sometimes members gossiped about Paul. They said bad things, nasty words to each other. People divided up into factions. People argued. They were selfish. It's all there in the New Testament. I mean, the New Testament is perfectly clear. It doesn't try to hide anything. It's crystal clear. That's the way a lot of churches were. They still love the Lord. The Lord still loved them. But they just had problems getting along. It's all there in the New Testament. It's very open. But the letter to the Philippian church is different. There, there, there is harmony in the Philippian church. There's no big problem that Paul writes about. He doesn't say, you guys need to get back on track like he did to the Corinthians. He doesn't say to uh, the Philippians like he did to the Galatians, oh, you foolish Galatians. He doesn't say that to the Philippians. Philippian, uh, the, the church at Philippi was not perfect, but there were no major problems. They got along. They, they got along. There was harmony. Harmony was the hallmark of the Philippian church. It didn't happen by accident. In chapter 2 of Philippians, Paul gives the plan of how harmony happens in a church. Here's what he writes. In humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not count equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. You know, good partners just naturally build happier, more cohesive, more united, more harmonious church families because they look out for one another. And, and they don't think they are better than one another. And that's the kind of church you want to be. That's the kind of church you want to be. Well, one, one more. There's lots of other blessings. But this one here, this benefit, you get a lot more of God's blessings in, in lots of different ways. In, in, in uh, chapter 1, verse 6, you remember that phrase? Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion that's a promise. That's a promise that God makes to us. That's a promise that God will work in our lives. You know, and, and, and those who are partners with, with God, who cooperate with God, get more of that blessing. We get to choose how much God blesses us by how much we cooperate with God. And God wants to do a good work in our life. And he is working in every Christian's life. And uh, partners get the greatest benefit. They get God working. And then in chapter 4, verse 19, here's another in incredible blessing from God, a promise again. Paul says, and my God will supply every need of yours. Wow. Wow. He says that wherever you go, whatever you do, that you follow me, I'll take care of you. I'll take care of you. I'll supply every need. I will supply every need. That's a promise. That's a promise. 
That's a promise that partners get, get to have from God, that God will supply every need. God promises to work with us, making us complete until the day we die or Jesus comes. He promises to meet all of our needs. You know, it doesn't get better than that. It doesn't get better than that anywhere. And, and those are blessings partners get. That's what makes partnership in the gospel an incredible an incredibly wonderful commitment. Mother Teresa was asked a question. She said, and if anyone ought to know the answer to this question, it's Mother Teresa. She was asked the question, what's the worst thing a human being can suffer? What's the worst thing, Mother Teresa, do you think a human being can suffer? And Mother Teresa ought to know. And she answered, the worst thing a human being can suffer is loneliness. Not cancer, not starvation, not disease, but loneliness. The worst thing a human being can suffer is to go through life alone. Loneliness, she said, is the worst thing. That's what she said. That's what she said. Well, you know what the antidote to loneliness is? You, you know what the antidote to going through life alone is? It's partnership in the gospel. In a good church, in a good church, you have partners who go through life with you. God promises, I will be your friend. You know, I'll go through life with you. Jesus gave his life that we might enter into the family of God, that we could be part of a group of people who are children of God. Doesn't get better than that. Doesn't get better. That's the best there is. So I, I, I want to pray for Crossway because what I've seen here this weekend, what Deidre and I have seen here this weekend is a great church. Not perfect. You know, it's not perfect. I, I know that. Not perfect. But a great church. And I, 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 I hope you really value what you have here. Thank God. Preserve it. And just, be, just rejoice that, that you have a healthy church here. You know, this is a good, good church. Let me pray. Father in heaven, I want to thank you for Crossway. I want to thank you for Paul and Kate and all those people here who have worked together to build a, a, a church where each person is loved and respected, where e each person is valuable, each person has a part to play in, in the health and life and building of the church, that each person has a ministry to exert, that each person here has a, 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 a good part, a good investment in, in Crossway. That is their church. And Father, I, I pray for the future of this great church. I pray that you will bless them with uh, wonderful things, with uh, opportunities to serve, with uh, opportunities to help one another through life, with, uh, with opportunities to express love and to support in times of hardship. Father, I pray that you will just help partnership in the gospel to continue to grow and be healthy in this great church. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.